0: Rhodium Radio, knows how to podcast. Rhodium Radio, knows how to podcast. In the shitty
1: city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah, Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Eazy-E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. Jayella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A the Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh, boy, is down with us. Toddy B and they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention To where I'm from, Compton But the tapes are from the Rodeum My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also down with NWA Yo, Steve at the Rodeum is down with us Slang and funky tapes, it is a
0: must We're number one yo what up everybody welcome back to rhodium radio episode 33 and on this sunday i got a very special guest but before i introduce him i got some special announcements uh first and foremost i'm running out of these uh uh four copies of the mixtapes 86 in the mix 88 booming bass 24 7 and high c so uh first come first serve get them while i have them because i doubt that i will be reprinting these again so these are mixtapes that I pressed up on CD that I did uh, um, in the 80s. Two of them I did and two of them Dr. Dre did. So uh, these are classic West Coast hip hop uh, uh, mixtapes. And uh, the Roddy Mixtape Documentary, you can get it at documixery.com. Uh, I'm gonna ask the public to do something and hopefully you guys participate. For those that have seen the documentary, um, what I'm asking is for you guys to do the 20 to 30 minute video. You could do it from your phone and email it to rhodiumradio at gmail.com. Okay. Um, Seconds, yes. No more than 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, um, You could, uh, once again, do it from your phone. You could email it to us on uh, uh, rhodiumradio at gmail.com. When I say 20 to 30 seconds, I really mean 20 to 30 seconds because I I don't want you guys to send me your own documentary telling me what you guys thought. 20-30 20-30 seconds, and what we'll do, we'll play it during the breaks, and you guys will be able to, to hear other people's, uh, you know, if you will, stories and what they thought of the Rhodey Mixtape Documentary, nobody, n- nobody actually uh, had anything negative to say, and we have uh, already sold a shitload of streams, so once again, uh, Rhodey Mixtape Documentary, get the, the mixtapes, and we are on all platforms all major platforms. As a matter of fact, if we're not on one, let us know and we'll get it on there, but we're pretty much on all of it. And uh, before I introduce my guest, let me go ahead and choose another guest. You can get this little guy at www.sawtoffcartel.com. This is from my boy, Night Owl, and he's selling little night owls. Okay, so cartel, that's cartel with a K.com. And after you get it, you could do whatever you want with it. Okay, so. Without further ado, let me go ahead and welcome my very special guest all the way from the city of Las Vegas, the one and only Duende. Thank you, my brother, for coming, bro. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate you being here. Man, it's an honor. You know, before we get started, uh, let me say something. You know how Instagram has a story, Facebook has a story. You can put stuff in your stories. Right. Well, YouTube has something like that as well, okay? Every time I post up the flyer, who's going to be here, I get a shitload of comments. People talk all kinds of crap about my guest. You know, you're going to get that fucking lame. Fuck that level. Mm-hmm. He's dope. He's, he's. But when I posted yours, yours was the only one out of 33 interviews that have didn't get not one negative comment not one
1: i'm happy to hear that
0: yeah that actually that blew me away man
1: i was like me too right now i was like telling what the me fuck? i, I would have expected at least five out
0: of 30. no yeah. not one and as a matter of fact <laughs> uh, um here's what some of the comments said underrated one of the best to do it one of the best ever mad skills dope it's about time all like awesome awesome comments man so and i i thank people for keeping it real but you also got those people that were fake <clears throat> accounts you know named north or whatever and they'll comment something stupid right but right anyways brother i know you came from vegas today how was the drive uh, coming over here it was pretty
1: mellow yes yeah? you know it's a sunday um i didn't really catch the the dramatic. You know, LA traffic, so I'm I'm pretty cool with that.
0: Okay. Now have you ever lived out here in LA?
1: Nah, I live nah. No. I have been out here a lot, you know, okay. especially as a youngster, I used to come down here. Okay. But, you know, it's it's always man, I fucking love LA, bro. I love the of weather course. here more than anything, you know. So of course.
0: Uh now let me ask you this. Living in Vegas, you gamble a lot? Not at all. No?
1: Nah, if you live in Vegas, um I live there enough to know it's a tourist thing. Yeah. and people like me we know where to go to to get the things that the tourists get for three times the price We we'll don't know where to get it for regular local prices so okay. i stay away from the strip i stay away from casinos i recommend you try the same thing when you guys go out there and keep your money right yeah keep your money
0: lost wages that's what that place should be called yeah because the house always wins yeah you know when i used to go there with my buddy he used to always take me to a place called the crazy horse you ever heard of it
1: <laughs> yeah one <laughs> two or three
0: <laughs> uh, I, I i i thought there was only one but I guess with a gang of them now, but uh, now uh, let, let us go ahead and get into it. W- where are you originally from? Where was Duende born?
1: I was born in El Paso, bro, El Paso, Texas. Um, it's it's basically I, I I feel like I was lucky to be born here because my mom what she used to do is she, she, she my mom was illegal, you know. I'm not gonna say if she still is, but you right, know she was illegal at the time, and um, you know all of my older family was born all in Juarez. So her mission was to have me born here in the United States, you know, for that leverage or for whatever, you know, they call yeah. us anchor babies or whatever that shit is. And yeah, it was, you know, she succeeded. And thanks to that, man, I've, I've, I've been here and they haven't been able to get rid of me. You know, they think and they hope I'm illegal, but I'm,
0: but you're here to, to no, stay. I'm here to
1: stay, bro. Yeah. That'll work, I could come man. and go, you know, so, so.
0: Being raised, uh, well, you were born in El Paso,
1: and, and uh-huh. then I went right back to right right when I was born. A couple of days, um, they took me back to Juarez, um, where I was at until probably like about six or seven. And then um, my my abuelitos actually raised me um, when I was like thirteen months old. You know, they picked me up from Juarez and they took me to El Paso, uh, and then we went to Oklahoma. And since I was thirteen months old, my abuelitos they basically took took care of me, raised me. You know, I mean? they've been my hijos. So we moved out here to ve- out there to Vegas when I was about. 11 12 you know and it's been my home ever since so i i i love el Paso's my hometown but i love vegas too because it's it's you know where my kids are from it's it's where most of my i planted my roots my roots come from el paso juarez which if you're from that area you understand that el paso juarez is like one city bro on, on two different sides of the border it's the same thing yeah. people from uh, <clears throat> people from juarez go to work in el paso come back People from, from El Paso, you know, go do the same. Well, not work, but they go shopping. They go and handle their affairs in Juarez and they come right back. It's it's a bridge that
0: separates it, so it's one city. Okay. You know? Uh, do you have any any good memories uh, when you were a kid being in either El Paso or
1: Juarez? Most of my memories. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's, I hope everybody's kid memories are like the shit, you know what I right. mean? Because no matter how poor we were, bro, like... We didn't, you know. I've never really been the feria. You know what I'm saying. I've always been. I'm from Salvarca, this is the colonia where I'm from. It's one of the poorest colonias in 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 Juarez. So we canicas and you know trompo and all that was was our was our entertainment, and we didn't need really much. I used to go swimming in a barril de agua, bro. Like like it's like the old school trash cans. We used to fill it up with water and me then. my nose and go underneath and come out and that was my that was like my little personalized swimming pool wow so i mean material shit you don't need it to to have good memories you know it's it's about how my jefitos, my abuelitos they took good care of me and they showed me right like a lot of morals and that's that's where my fun came from my good memories
0: that's awesome man you know let me just share with you a quick story uh when my father we lived in compton we moved to wilmington i was still a kid my dad, just like a typical Mexican, had a station wagon. Mm-hmm. Throw all the kids in the fucking bag. Yeah, right. And we're going to go to Juarez because that's where uh, my mother's family was, you know, from Juarez. And uh, she lived, like, in un rancho, you know. And uh, she had a cotton field, you know. Uh, my abuelita had a cotton field. And we used to go out there and used to pick the fucking cotton, like, from it, you know. Uh, to me, that was fun, you right. know what I'm saying. But And I understand what you're saying, that you didn't need money. You know because a lot of times you're raised poor but you don't know you're poor yeah exactly you know but you're having oh, yeah. fun yeah you know bro. and do, do you remember uh, like you mentioned the barril there used to be a thing over there they used to call it un motor uh we used to go in there it's just used to pump out water and we used to just jump in that motor. Yeah, uh, yeah 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 it's know. by
1: some like it's like, close to the rios Yes. right yeah yes. yeah you just
0: th- yeah that was the, yeah. the summer también you know the big fat one canicas, bro, bro. yeah all those matracas Done. remember that shit? yeah you know so yeah man those are good ass times so those are my memories and it's funny that you have pretty much uh uh similar stories uh, um g- growing up now what elementary school did you attend
1: um it was this elementary school called whitaker
0: okay
1: whitaker elementary school and, and where was this at this was in el paso okay and then when i came to when i got to vegas i went to a school called sunrise acres and
0: that was elementary as well yeah
1: it was elementary okay yeah and then from there i went to uh uh Roy Martin middle school which was one of the most dangerous middle schools in my time you know like really? like I mean when you talk about school shootings nowadays you know you they're horrific of course but you know I mean you you being from here too from the west coast there was a lot of school shootings already in, in yeah. junior high school so that was one of the most um you know dangerous schools and now it's like a it's like a charter school bro it's like a magnet school it's it's for gifted kids you know <laughs> so it's, it's ironic to see that turnover they knocked down the old school and they built a new one on the other side of the property so it's it's so, not the same so, school but it's and high
0: school what high school did you attend I
1: didn't go to high school I uh I got locked up when I was young okay. so my high school was a uh, spring mountain high school which is a, a youth camp that they have and then you know I went to a place called Elko Alco okay. Nevada, which is. Well,
0: what did you get locked up for? Good times.
1: You know when you're when you're a kid, you like to have fun and things that you consider fun or dangerous to other people. You know, so of
0: course, of course. Well, you know what? I did the same thing. I didn't do a long time. I just did maybe you know a little bit. But uh, I learned my damn lesson. Uh, I wish I could have finished school, but I didn't. You know. Right. Now, um, growing up, okay, as a kid, whether it was in El Paso, whether it, like you said Paso Juarez or in Las Vegas. Um, what kind of music did you grow up to what kind of music was played at home i know you said your abuelito raised you yeah um, so what would they play
1: like you know waking up and smelling pine song and then you hear cornelio <laughs> reina you know what i mean you hear like los relampagos del norte antonio aguilar i grew up on all that that's that's basically where i you know developed my love for music was in that genre
0: I just smelled pine salt when you started that <laughs> That's crazy, because yeah, right. my mom used to do the same shit. Ya levántate. And chinga, chinga, en chinga la mañana, and before like, you could even
1: wake up and get ready, it's like... Mopping. Y tortillas know. de
0: harina. You remember yes. the tortillas de harina homemade? Yeah. Yeah. yeah my abuelita used to do them over there Juarez, you, know, comal, right. you know, i mean the best food in the world for me is mexican food I, I mean i even had lebanese people that i met while i was touring at airport tell me the best food in the world mexican food yeah you, you can't know? argue that shit yeah but now um and well did you play any sports at all growing up
1: i did <laughs> i did a lot of sports i was i was athletic growing up um
0: Ghetto baseball is not one of them, okay? Yeah, we used exactly. to play
1: ghetto baseball, bro. Like, we had, well, I used to live by the freeway right there in Vegas. And, like, the home run was if you, if you hit it over the freeway. If you hit a car, it was a grand slam, which in our time was you won the whole game. The game was over. You hit a obviously, because you couldn't stay. You had right, right, right. So you hit a grand slam, you won the whole game, and they you come back tomorrow and play. You know, and this was right outside of my apartment complex over no in shit. Vegas. Wow. So, yeah, ghetto baseball. Um, I played real baseball, too. I played Little League. Really? Um, yeah, and I was pretty good, actually. You know, um, it was one of another one of my passions, boxing and um, soccer. You know, every Mexican knows how to play soccer. Play soccer. Yeah.
0: You know, I watched a documentary years ago on Julio Cesar Chavez, mm-hmm. probably the greatest Mexican boxer ever. The greatest and boxer ever. Ever, yeah. you know. And they asked, um, they asked his mother, you know, wh- what would you want his or uh, him to be when you grow up and he said here in Mexico either you play soccer or you box and he boxed yeah you know became one of the best ever but uh, and, and I you know what I've had an opportunity to meet him actually in Vegas in 1994 uh, I had an opportunity to meet him and it's funny I shook his hands and he had the world's softest hands bro yeah like 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 manos de mujer or something bro
1: yeah
0: it was weird like dangerous like, hands yeah i'm like how the fuck is this who got soft nice you know oil of hands? that's because he wasn't
1: slapping people bro. exactly wow
0: and, and knocking fools out with his <laughs> knuckles bro. so shit. but now uh, um d- do you regret not keeping up playing baseball man because i know you said you were pretty good yeah
1: in a way i mean yeah it was it was a passion and and the thing is like growing up you know in, in my days we didn't really know about leagues and and what it took to to you know what i'm saying put mm-hmm. your talent out there like like us parents know now and you put your kids in baseball or soccer or whatever so my abuelito and then he didn't speak english that good so he right. his his source of information was very little he didn't know where to put us you know what i mean so i i kind of just uh adapted to where i lived at you know what i mean and played right. ghetto baseball and <laughs> went to the park every now and then and played some semi real baseball you know with with just people
0: in the block okay but okay now now I, I know you said you you went away for a little stretch right uh, how long was that for
1: man unfortunately um when i was younger bro i used to get in a lot of fucking trouble like era era necio bro no 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 aprendi you know and and so i did a lot of juvie time and then when i turned 17 I, I caught a case that got me certified and i did uh three years okay like three years and like eight months close to eight months okay so
0: now uh um i want to tap a little bit into the music growing up did you play any instruments no not not i was always bad i tried (laughs) i still try to play the guitar and okay
1: everything else but i just just put it up and start writing
0: before rapping was there ever anything else like did you try singing did you try poems i always did
1: a lot of poems like poetry growing up um just not even like love poems you know just just poems about what i was going through and what i was seeing on in in my neighborhood and it turned into you know one of the times i went to juvie i had a a a homie in there that used to beatbox and he started beatboxing and i just grabbed one of my poems and i started like you know what i was like probably like 13 at the time so once I figured that out that the poems I used to write poems on beat, you know, the rhythm of poems, and Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was before I even knew what a beat was, you know what I mean? So once I heard this full beatboxing, it was like my poems were already on rhythm, and I just started putting them a lot. Now, what
0: do you think inspired you to write poems?
1: Um, I I don't know. You know what? When I was little too, do you ever heard of El morro Es un like he's singing Spanish, and he did parodies on songs, Mm -hmm. but he made them funny. Okay. So, when I started uh, trying to do my own parodies to other songs, that's when, like, the the whole writing, you know... Started, kicked off. Yeah, for music. Okay. Not just for poetry, but for music, so...
0: Okay. Was it first in English or in Spanish?
1: It was in English. It was in English, because I listened to a lot of NWA. I listened to a lot of, like, the old Kid Frost, you know? So, I wanted to to adapt all the, the... you know my poetry and all that, and per- right. basically turn it into like a, some just some music. I don't know something for somebody to listen to.
0: As a kid, what would you say were some of the first hip hop songs that you know that you like? What the fuck is that? Like, do you remember what it was that you heard that uh, drew you to? It was the uh, rap? Como se llama esa always into something.
1: Always into something. Yeah, yeah that by, uh, was my NWA. shit right there, bro. I used to. <laughs> I used to rap in front of the mirror, uh, you know, those parts always. You, you know that song, right? Yeah, of course. So, one day I was rapping in the mirror, and um, back in those days, my my door in my room didn't have a doorknob, so I had a hole, and I didn't know my abuelitos were looking at me the whole time. And I was sitting here cussing. I was, you know, until this day, I don't like to cuss in front of them, so you know. Of course. And <laughs> they opened the door and started clapping it. Tenían una señora de visita. So that was the first time anybody ever, you know, and she, she was like, uh, ¿Te gusta la music, and she got me, she ended up getting me a karaoke where I started, uh, putting those, I started writing people's songs into the instrumental that they had on the other side. I used to rap the whole song, like Spanish fly, 18 with the bullet. You would flip over the tape and it would have just a beat. So I'd write down his whole song and then I'd rap his whole song and then switch a couple of words that applied to me, you know, Oh. And she thought it was my music, you know, and at right. that time. And she's like, I'm <laughs> poste, karaoke. and a few years later she bought me a karaoke machine. Um the Puros tapes I used to I used to do my dubs first and then put the one I did my dub here and then record my, my main vocals. And that's just to pass them out to the homies and you know, back in those days I used to chill with a lot of girls, so I used to pass them out to them. Hell yeah. And in those days it was a lot of gang banging going on. Yeah. So and um, unfortunately, there was a lot of what we called hood rats back in the days. They used to kick with different neighborhoods. Right. Of course. Those were the ones I get my tapes to and they used to bump them in different neighborhoods. So people from different neighborhoods got to know me, even though they didn't like me, they got to know me. You know what I mean? Right. And, And they couldn't say nothing bad about my music. So, all they could say was, like, "I ah, fuck that fool. I don't like him. You know what I mean? So, but it got my name around, you know, enough for people to actually want to hear me on a CD.
0: When you got this karaoke machine, you probably thought it was the n- best thing next to sliced bread. How you probably, yeah, this is the shit. Yeah, hell yeah, homie. You know because,
1: saying? you know what? It was my homie's karaoke, and we used to go to his house and do songs, and he was like, I'll sell it to you. And I was like, Phew. I called my mom, told her, you know, hey, can me vender la karaoke? And they didn't have the two buttons, so you had to kind of finger it. You know, right? Of I mean? course, I'm used to fingering so, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it was all good. We it was our magic. It was my magic. That's what got me started. If it wasn't for that karaoke machine, bro, I, I don't know. I probably would have focused on other shit. Thank God for karaoke. Yeah, that's karaoke dope, man. Machine. Now, now,
0: about how old were you when that happened? When I got my karaoke
1: machine, I was probably like 14 or 15.
0: 14 or 15. Yeah. So See, I love that story because you pretty much went with what you had. You didn't have a full-blown studio. Right. But it showed the desire and it showed the hunger for you to, to want it to 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 do something. Yeah. Okay? Because I've known dudes that got fucking full-blown studios and can't even fucking produce anything good, bro. Yeah. And it's a fucking shame. And you know
1: what? I got to I gotta also give credit to my homies, like, from my neighborhood and from, you know, not from my neighborhood that supported me that the tape sounded like shit, bro. Right. You put in your cassette tape and you bump it just because it's your home, but they bumped it, you know, and they got people to listen to it, like my lyrics at least. You know, so when I when I got out, I already had people that knew that I rapped, but they never heard me on a CD. So, I gotta give it up to the people who bumped me when my shit sounded like shit when there was no yeah. mixing, no no none of it. It was just a crappy tape. You
0: know? Would you still have any of those tapes floating around?
1: Man, I um, I got a homie, man, Scooby, <laughs> and he used to keep every picture, every every memorabilia from the neighborhood. You know, because he's from the neighborhood, but yeah. he he's a soldier. he's actually in the military you know what i mean but he goes back to his roots that's why i love him because he always keeps his roots where he came from and he has all of our shit and he has a tape i'm gonna press him for it
0: that'll work that'll (laughs) work him for that now now now, here's the question that i ask a lot of a lot of rappers today when you first heard your voice like when you rapped and then you played back did you ever think to yourself fuck i fucking sound goofy
1: yeah Really? I'm sure everybody goes through okay.
0: that. Some guys lie and say, "No, nah, man, I was dope."
1: Yeah, know? no, I feel like like if <laughs> I still listen to my first albums, bro, and I'm like, "Damn, I sound like a high pitch as little kid and shit." Like you know, but it's 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 timeless music. It's who you were at the time, and I was like a little kid, bro. Like I was still young, and I ganó el palo todavía. So that's yeah. why my voice was more hype. It was more of, of like I don't know how to explain it. As as to now, I'm I'm OG with this shit. Yeah. I don't have shit to prove. I, I, I know the zone that I'm in and I feel more confident in the shit that I'm doing. So it's like I don't not that loud no more, you know right, what I mean? Right. But
0: that's dope, man. That's dope. And and uh, um so up until that point before you got locked up, all you had was the karaoke boys. Karaoke. Okay. So you get out now. And do you decide, okay, am I, am I going to get a job or am I going to continue to pursue this rap thing?
1: Well, what happened is I was talking with uh, on the phone because I got, I got locked up when I was 17. So when I was about to get out, a lot of these people, a lot of the new homies didn't know me and they were rapping. But they had a tape floating around. And um, one of my little homies that didn't know me showed a tape to... Uh, uh, one of the producers in, in, in Las Vegas at the time he was one of the main ones distributing all this Chicano rap So when I got out, he was already waiting for me, you know, we we talked and we we did business and I started working immediately okay, so I Think that's that's that was a good thing because I didn't have time to go back in the street and and do the same shit I was doing Right for why I got locked up, but you know, I started with the music and um about. Three weeks after I got out, you know, after I was already signed with him, I got I got shot, and um, I ended up needing a lawyer because a bunch of other shit happened. I got into some trouble after I got shot. Was that so. was that my sure.
0: mistaken identity or? I'm gonna
1: say that okay because that's the outcome of the court. It was mistaken identity, so um, I was kind of in debt with this with this vato, this record company. You okay. know what I mean? Because if. And I'm not gonna say that if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be out. So I signed a contract with him, you know. it Went through a bunch of shit. Um, I even kind of quit rapping for a minute because, okay. you know, I was getting jacked. I was like, my music wasn't belonging to me. I didn't know how to register my shit. I just didn't know how to do a lot you of. You didn't shit. know the business side of it. Exactly, because in our times we hustle cds bro of course and and we didn't know about the digital world you know we hustle cds out the back of the trunk and we supported each other and we knew how many units we were pushing because we were the ones selling them yeah you know it was it was more hands-on and and now i was in this other world where people could just grab my shit off of the internet and register it to themselves and you know i didn't know what to do with it right so i kind of just said "Fuck it." you know what i'm gonna get a job i'm gonna chill with my little girls you know because my little girls were getting older and and to me that was more important than yeah. trying to you know make a name still at you know right after all the shit that happened.
0: And this is after you got out, correct? Yeah, this is after, after I after got, out. got out. After you got out, you had to have no album out yet, correct?
1: Um, no, okay. I not have. A, you
0: were possibly working on something.
1: We we worked on compilations, which okay. my my a couple of my songs dropped on different compilations, and then I did an album in '04, I think. Okay. It was the first album.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, many of the questions that I've asked you really come from a fan's perspective because I can know your whole history. But if I know your whole history, then we would have nothing to talk about. So I actually come to you as if somebody uh, from the street sat down and wanted to ask you. Of you course, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people possibly listening that may not know who you are. So it's important to go into detail. You yeah. Know? but uh so now you were doing compilation and this was for an independent record label this is for
1: that label that i told you okay um we're not gonna say their names but it it was for that label and then i dropped a couple albums with them but after that is when i kind of gave up the music you know because those albums that came out with them like i said i didn't know how to get my rights to them
0: okay now when those when those records came out uh um were they just your uh your albums
1: or were they just compilations no they were my albums I
0: worked on compilations,
1: and that's when I got a little known to get an album out. You know, so when the albums came out, people were already waiting for them. Okay. But, you know, the vato, he, he kind of took advantage. Right. Ran with the with the music, and, you know, Yo no okay. más me quedé ahí seco.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, so let me just backtrack a little bit so that I, the people don't get confused. Your first compilation, it was a compilation, not an album. So it The first song, it
1: was... I got known by one song, which is called Mis Des Madres.
0: Okay, and, and then that's pretty much when the name Duende started to surface. People started yeah. hearing of you yeah. again. Yeah. Okay, and that was on a compilation.
1: It was on a couple of compilations, okay. that one song.
0: Okay, and then uh, you decided, you know what, let me take a break, or did you work on your solo album?
1: No, I did all my albums first. Okay. Right, I, I, I did them all like in two years. I did uh, two or three more albums with him, and then I dropped one by myself. This was in a four year period. Oh. Okay. And then. um. I don't know how they got a hold of my new albums. They just ended up registering them, you know. So I just, wow. I kind of calmed down for a minute. But yeah. But.
0: Wow, because that, I mean, that's just like taking your stuff.
1: Well, see, that's why it's important to know, you know, you're as, as an artist. Because you, and a lot of probably, a lot of old school rappers will give you probably the same story. Right. We didn't know our shit. you of know. Course. We didn't know how valuable, you know, our, our records were. And, and we were taking five ten thousand dollar fucking payments for albums, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um so and at in that time it was a whole different world. It was it was hard copy world. Nobody knew about distribution. Right. You know, so right. so when the distribution did come into play, these people who did pay for, for uh hard copy rights wanted to take everybody's digital distribution rights. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And and a lot of artists was they ended up being, you know, fucked over because you know when when you're when you worked on about you know i know a couple artists that have about either 10 to 15 to 20 albums and when you work that hard you know to 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 build your legacy and to build your name and to see another person cashing in on it it's it's (laughs) it's fucking it's like a snake world bro you know what i mean so yeah so a lot of us go through that and that's why i'm i i'm able to share that story because I don't want like artists coming up now to think that that it's not possible to do it on your own right now it's possible to do anything on your own. you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you apply yourself. you don't right. really need nobody in the game you know nobody needs to be taking anything from you you know if you really want to do it right. but right. if you are gonna go with somebody, make sure that that company or that person is trustworthy before you know because right. there's there's companies out there that are out there to help artists right. you know but you gotta fucking know who they are <laughs> and that's the tricky part right yeah, Tony is knowing
0: part. who the fuck they are exactly okay we're gonna go ahead and press pause right there we're gonna take a 10 minute break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh some of those compilations some of those records and your solo projects okay cool so once again everybody uh uh episode 33 with Duende he's in the motherfucking building make sure you call somebody text somebody slap the hell out of somebody let them know that Duende is all the, is here all the way from Vegas the roadie mixtape documentary once again leave Leave us a 20 to 30 second, uh, um, if you will, uh, little feedback and email it to us. If you saw the documentary, leave us a 20 to 30 second uh, uh, feedback and let us know what you liked about it, that you enjoyed it, whatever. Order these rhodium uh, mixtapes from the 80s. I'm running out, so I only have a few left, so first come, first serve. And we'll be back in about 10 minutes uh, uh, to finish up a conversation with Duende. Take us away, Johnny. Once again, everybody, welcome to Rodion Radio episode 33. And I'm here with my boy Duende all the way from Vegas. But for once again, uh, make sure you get the Rodion mixtapes on CD. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to re-repressing these again. So get them while I have them because I probably, like I said, once I run out of these, I'm most likely I probably won't repress them again. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, other ones, but we're also going to also upload them to uh, our rhodium Mixtape com or documentary.com, where you can also download them straight to your phone or you can buy them, uh, or you can buy the hard copies. So let's jump uh, back into it. After our break, um, well, during the break, I was talking to you about certain things that I want to bring up again. So when you were with this record label, you had did one song that was pretty much passed around to three different labels on three different compilations right okay and the name of the song was what again
1: uh mrs madres
0: mrs madres okay then with one of these labels offered you a record deal
1: yeah well see how it happened is that that label that was already waiting for me to get out uh-huh. i did the song with them and they passed it around to other say record labels and yeah. other you know other artists who were dropping compilations and then um after those two dropped i ended up dropping two albums with that with that label okay um after i left them things didn't work out i dropped two more on my own okay which uh the first two that i dropped with them were mises madres because i named the first album after you know the the song song that hit okay now now uh, let's
0: start right there when that album dropped how did that album do for you
1: um hold on i think the first album that dropped was revelation right but mrs madres was the one that that kind of you know got you over the hump yeah because of the fact that in that time there wasn't too many spanish rappers okay and that album was all spanish and at that time it was only a couple two or three people in the chicano rap industry doing spanish okay so i think that's why i took off you know so
0: revelations it and then
1: and then mrs madres, mrs. madres. and so then yeah. when i left i um did my own uh, album which is called manicomio okay um and was that independent that was independent yeah i did that on my own too and after that i the last album i dropped uh before this recent one was uh dedicated and i uh i recorded that at the area recording studios with my boy rick to ruger and uh my my producer uh jerry fourth
0: okay okay now before we get too too far ahead on your first solo album revelations it was all you did you have any features not that I remember. If I had features, it was like people, they weren't nobody
1: known, you know? Okay. It was just people that I knew, people that were rapping as well. What year moment. was that dropped? Oh, four,
0: Revelation. And uh, um, was that hard copy as well, or was that downloaded already? No, that was hard copy still. Okay, and, and uh, how, how did that one do? Were you happy uh, w- with that?
1: From what my label was telling me, um, I, was, I was okay with it. Okay. But when I left the label and I found out how good it was really doing, then of course i was stoked you know right right. because um one thing about labels back then is they told you your shit wasn't selling
0: of course the, 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 that's the scheme so they could pretty much keep all your fucking money yeah uh uh porque, you know the, this fucking music business at times is no different than than the fucking dope business you it's know it's even worse sometimes you know i mean I, i've known dudes mm-hmm. that were selling at this corner but motherfuckers will shortstop them over here oh. wait for the crackhead over here you know what i'm so shortstop them I and a lot of labels do the do the same shit they cut each other's throats and yeah they'll tell you you didn't fucking sell or we wasted money on this video we wasted money on this photo shoot we wasted money on right here and you have to pay us back before you collect anything
1: right right right
0: and they'll just make up shit and if you don't know the business you know you get stuck with that bill yeah you know yeah so and and those are bigger
1: labels you know like smaller labels like the the, the those labels that helped out chicano rap you know, um, they did do a lot of good for Chicano rap because they they put a lot of artists out there that didn't have any means of putting themselves out there. But they also fucked over the industry because those were the people fucking over all the rappers. Right. And it got to a point where those people were just getting fillers. You know, they were just getting anybody who right. looked gangster enough to be on a, on a CD cover, and they would put them in the studio and put a CD out. And then next thing you know, you know, there's a, like a hundred different rappers at a swap meet booth, and people were picking up whoever they think looks or sounds dope right put it in their car it just sounds like shit and then now everybody's like yeah i'm not gonna be bumping chicano rap no more because i already bought three cds that sound like shit those were the labels that did that bro yeah you know because they had the money to, to well, put well, they, they
0: out. the market with a bunch of bullshit yeah you know um on that first album your first solo album revelation do you remember who produced that
1: mike lynn um okay. he's from baldwin park um my little asian homie bro like you okay. would never expect him you know he's, he's like nerdy goofy you know wow. what i'm saying And it was a beast bro like, really? like those first two albums revelation and and mrs madres and even some of uh uh manicomio he he produced you know it's one of those guys you see that you wouldn't expect you know con okay, lentes right. flaquillo like but, That'll know.
0: work. Now, your first album drops once again. How long before your second album Mrs. Madres drops?
1: It was probably within less than a year. Okay. The the, the Revelation dropped in 2004 in and in the beginning of 2005 ya estaba Mrs. Madres out.
0: I, I, any features on that one?
1: Mrs. Madres, nah. Like nobody known, you know. I, right. I didn't really want to do features with nobody known. I've always known like, like uh, homies in the industry but I never really wanted to do a feature like I didn't want people to think that I was got known because of yeah. bigger names. You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's good. You know, it's funny because uh, I, I produced High C's first album, okay? Um, people usually ask them, what features did you guys have on your first album? Mm-hmm. And they, they'd always say, since they're the rappers, they would always say, we didn't have no fucking features. We just rapped all on our own shit. Right. You know? None of them guys were known. High C, Second to None, AMG, mm-hmm. DJ Quick, none of those guys were known. Right. They just all wrapped on their own shit, yeah. and they all just came up. So I understand when you say, you know, what if I did, maybe they weren't known, because right away today you got people that really—it's not really even an album anymore. It's more like a compilation because yeah. you got twenty features. Yeah. You know, I got a verse from me 40 and I got a verse from the Meagles and I got a verse from this guy, from this pendejo over here. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's not even you anymore. It, music is starting to become a popularity fucking contest. It's like who's got more access to who? You know, it's not yeah, even yeah. about your talent anymore.
0: It's about what you got access to. Well, you know, let me say this and I hope they're listening. Even podcasters. I know some goofy-ass bastards that are winning on podcasts, and I'm going to tell you why. It isn't so much that they're great interviewers. It's because they have access to artists. Yeah. And these guys have no history in hip-hop. None. You know, And I ask certain rappers to come to my podcast. They turn me down or they don't call me, or they'll say, yes, You know, it's lock and key. Hell, yeah, we'll do it. They don't fucking call me back. But if the other dude calls, I'll be right there. And, right. and they'll go lick some motherfuckers boots you know just to go you know get on his podcast because it's,
1: like I said it's it's more of a social media game now you know yeah. it's not about it's not about what you've done what you've accomplished or, or what you're what you're able to accomplish your right. talents it's not about that anymore it's about how do you look you know what do you what do you got that I don't got and most right. of the time they don't even got what you don't got they're just flashy shit that's not theirs Right. And and people want to see that you know they'd rather see
0: some bullshit and hear some real shit hey, hey i couldn't have said it better you know i know you've done collabs i'm not sure if it was on on uh, uh in the studio or shows with miss crazy mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people know miss crazy and a lot of people request for me to get her but i don't even think she even lives here in california
1: that's that's my home girl man yeah that's crazy she lives in northern cali but I'm more than sure she'll be stoked to come too you know okay. She's, she has a story of her own and, and I'm pretty sure like, people who follow her I'm pretty sure they're, they're gonna be stoked to hear her story as well, well I've, I've been I've known her for a minute so
0: okay well if you can help me hook that up I'd greatly appreciate it yeah, somebody was sure. telling me that she was living in Texas like right now so I wasn't sure her, so. um,
1: her husband which is my homeboy with two problemas he's, he's from El Paso he's okay. from where I'm from so
0: how did you meet her and when did you meet her
1: um she used to listen to my shit and and this is around the time we both started um she had jimmy and i was with the with the guy that i you know the, i was with the, the label and um they were both they were here on business in vegas they were on, Vi- on vegas on business and they just happened to run into me and um he was like here i got miss crazy on the phone she wants to talk to you she was like you know hey i'm a fan you know i like what you've been doing whoop, whoop. and you know her energy was off the hook and her shit was dope if you remember her first right. D's, like she was on some real gangster shit, you know so nos acoplamos bien, you know like like we started doing shows together. You know, we went through a lot of bullshit together like yeah. like like you know as far as the industry goes. Right. You know, so I always looked at her like my little Carnalia in the rap game. You know, and sure. I, I mean, I don't really know too many people in the rap game, but she's one of the ones I've I've got close with.
0: Hey, and what year was it that you had the you had that conversation? Oh
1: about five
0: about or oh six. That was probably when the time that I met her. But you know, when I met her, was through MySpace. You know, now when you say MySpace, it sounds like fucking the dinosaur ages. Yeah, you know right. You know? I remember yeah. MySpace. We talked up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, MySpace. Well, yeah, I'll leave it there. But um, but we were messaging each other back and forth. Uh, um, and during that time, I was work. I this used to be my like my actual studio. You know, where I re- I recorded everybody here. I mean, I've had Quicks, i to done High C. I have I've had everybody here. And uh um uh I, I was trying to do something with her, but at at that time I don't even know if she even lived here yet, you know what I'm saying? or yeah. you know, close by. But um now it's 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 gotten easier. I really don't like the way music has gone because now you can email me a verse. Right. See, and I don't like that because I like to build chemistry with the yeah, guy on the working energy,
1: with. The energy is always exactly. it's, it's always a fucking it's it's way different way different
0: exactly like i I always tell people give me one classic album from the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and and i always ask and they cannot think of one they always go gotta go back to either the 80s 90s or early 2000s right but when i say classic album just straight rap you know uh i mean can can you give me one
1: (laughs) i was thinking i was as you were saying let me think one in the last 10 years i can't you know what i've been so out of tune with with the music that's out lately bro that that i listen to to shit that's on the underground like i listen to a lot of mexican rap and and a lot of like from mexico you know what i mean um people underestimate that
0: that genre a lot too but okay i i don't want to get into that yet because i have a full conversation for for that for the rappers in mexico because okay people for some reason think that all the rap is here and it's not you know, you got some people out there that are winning, and they can rap their asses off right. in Mexico. You know, but since we never hear of them, we just think that all the rap yeah, is here. Is here. You know, of course. and that's not it's not the case. You know. Yeah.
1: But no, I haven't listened to any. I I can't name an album in the last ten years that I can consider classic.
0: Yeah. It, it's same here. And if you guys uh uh can name an album within the last ten years that is a classic, uh, go ahead and put it in the live chat, and you know we'll check them out. But now, um, so, you, uh, how soon after you had that conversation with Women's crazy that you started actually doing shows with her? Probably about the next year.
1: Okay. And, okay. Um I was on parole when she, her, and the homie Grammatico started a tour called uh, the Manicomio Loco Tour. And it was in 2007, I think.
0: Who, who was on that tour?
1: It was her and Grammatico. I was supposed to be on it, but I didn't get permission because I was on parole.
0: Okay. So it was in
1: Mexico um the next year 2008 or 2009 one of them remember the years exactly but we all did a tour over there and that's what initiated like a bunch of tours after that
0: okay and, and how, how did you like performing out there man
1: in mexico yeah man what i tell you is a whole different energy dog It's like i mean i i, I love the performances here too dog but i gotta be honest sometimes people here are too too cool to support you know, and one thing about Mexico, the fans are fucking fans. Like, you you get either grown men or cholos, like, full-blown men. And if they like, hey, onda, onda, pinchido, and de, la verga, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they have passion for, for what they support. And when that shit turns into a show, you can just imagine the energy that's there. Like, with, with a thousand people that have that energy, you know, as compared to any other place. You right. know, I would... I, right now I, lo- I love the shows in mexico but i want the shows in the united states to be as good you know what right. i mean that's
0: you know, the mission you know uh, i'm going to tell you something the farthest that i've gone into mexico which i don't know if people are going to take it disrespectful but i think they'll understand i don't consider like tijuana and rosarito actually mexico
1: right it's border towns it, yeah, yeah it's, it's border tourist. towns
0: okay and it's pretty much where people go and they do their bullshit and then come back yeah okay but um I wish that I could have traveled like Equid does, you know, when they go to Mexico, you know, they go to Jalisco or whatever, right. you know. Because all throughout the U.S., I've already been there twice, you know. And um, I did that by the time I turned 24 years old, you know. And after a while, it got kind of boring for me, <laughs> you know. But I will say this, like, we, we've gone to Sacramento. We've gone to Texas. We've gone to Florida. Um, Philadelphia, you know. Uh, Portland and rock shit, okay? But when it comes to doing shows here in LA, you can't get a motherfucker to bob his head, bro. Be- sure. be- no, I'm dead fucking serious. We, we were
1: talking about this earlier on the drive up here and I was telling them how, how I I feel like LA and California is one of the spots that has the most energy for that. Because the the few shows that I've came here, like, you know, they, if it's sold out with two hundred people or three hundred people or six hundred people, it's it's like rocking you know mm-hmm. what i mean and another right. like i've been to the east coast and i've been to to you know the midwest and stuff like that and yeah you you get your people that show up but not as active as here you okay know?
0: now i'm talking about a time from i want to say 1991 to like 94 mm-hmm. that's when i experienced that okay and they just weren't having it man i remember i was doing the show i was djing for a quick second to none high scene G. that was like a whole little camp okay And I remember second to none couldn't get the people to, to, you know.
1: To do shit.
0: And they they were like, get hype, motherfuckers. Like, they started yelling at the crowd. (laughs) Like, you can't do that, bro. You know, but here's the funny part. Somebody from New York or somebody from Chicago would come out here, and it's all love. It's all love. It's almost like if you're from here and you're performing here at that time, it's almost like the people look at you like, oh, I know that. I I learned
1: that the hard way. Tony is... uh you're not gonna and and hopefully I'm wrong for a lot of people but in my case in a lot of cases I know people don't support you in your hometown until everyone else supports you too that's very you know, true. That's why I tell people and, and upcoming artists like get out of your city like like get out there get to another city and, and do shows there and do not not move you know what I'm saying I'm just move around don't right. stay in your city wanting to do only shows in your city only appearances in your city like if you find an opportunity to go to another show even if you don't perform show up you know get out there get your name out there because a lot of the times you're waiting for that support from from the people who grew up with you and that know you and who you would expect to get support from but a lot of the times those people don't want you to make it right you know you're and a lot of times right, the only time that they start supporting is when everyone else yes. supports you because that's when you made it right. you know but that's that's the key that i think i i you know, gracias a Dios, I, said, I also figured out is is I went to another not only just another state, but I went to another country and 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 tried to make a name out there. You know, I traveled frequently and and any place I could get in, you know, I went out there and and gracias a Dios, right now it's yeah. like you know people respect that, especially in Mexico because not too many people will go, bro. You know, and the places that I go is like where shit is active. Yeah. You know, and people appreciate that, but and. You know, you got other Chicano artists that won't go down there, so they. they, they
0: Those are the fun spots, man. Yeah, they're fun. The fucking cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Parties. yeah, they're fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I, had a, I had a quick question for you. Uh, since you rap in English or in Spanish, uh, who would you say, and I should have covered this in the first segment, who would you say, um, when it pertains to English, you as a kid growing up listening to rap, who would you say were the ones that really you really listened to, like inspired you possibly?
1: Um, shit, man. I know Kid Frost did. You know who? I got a lot of uh um am talking about motiv- English. motivation. English. Yeah, okay, English. Yeah. Kid Frost like his you know, his old English shit. Right. Proper those was a big inspiration for me. Like I used to listen to I used to, I know all the Frank B shit. Yeah. You know, um Spanish Fly it was, it was a lot of the English shit that that and of course I used to listen to a lot of Eminem Okay when it comes to syllables and versatile shit, you know, it's, it's mm. different styles, bro. I, I never just listen to to one style you know i like all varieties of right. shit
0: right okay other than you possibly yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it comes to if you want to title it chicano rappers because they're chicano who would you say is the best who have ever done it in chicano rap yeah man i know you mentioned frost you mentioned proper those, spanish fly but let's just say, in, in, in just your opinion, mm-hmm. I would say, Tony, I would put this guy at the top.
1: Right. You know. Um, when it comes to remaining solid and remaining in the game and, and still to this day having the, the, the potencia que tenía when he started, I would say my boy Shadow. Okay. That's, that's somebody that, that inspired me a lot growing up because I used to listen to his show when I was gangbanging and he was on the same tip. As I grew, his lyrics grew, you know. So I was understanding all that shit. And then as he grew, also, you know, I, I used to listen to a lot of his shit and get inspired too. He's another, you know, along with Proper those he's another person that yeah. that I learned versatility from and how to right. hit different beats. And because when I was listening to Chicano rap back in the days, if you remember, a lot of it used to be with oldies. Yeah. And you know, when Shadow came out, it was like what the fuck is this? You know what yeah. I mean? So. And I never really did the oldie rap. So when he came out, I was like, oh, this shit is possible for a Mexican to do it like, you know, original crossover. beats. Yeah, crossover, exactly. Yeah, so. That's
0: dope, man. Like for me, I, I would say this, that in the 90s, if, if you were to twist my arm and say, okay, Tone, in the 90s, when Chicano rap possibly really started to bloom and started to take off, who would you say was at, your, at the top? Mm-hmm. I would have to say uh, Frank V. That's just me. Frank but v. again, I'll put him in the 90s you know uh, proper dose which i believe is probably one of the most underrated chicano rap groups out there the thing about frank v and even though i love him and i've been knowing him for a long time uh frank v was just an unpredictable dude man you know uh many times he's we've come here he's come here to the studio Mm -hmm. and uh we couldn't work because he was always on his phone or he had to go somewhere or he'll be back and very unreliable but he had all the fucking talent had right, a great voice right had great mic presence great delivery he had it all but i just don't think he took it serious
1: i think we're there's at this point also especially there's there's a lot of um wasted talent like like frank v gracias gracias a dios he was in a time where there wasn't that many chicano rappers yeah you know? right but at this point like like in 2020 there's thousands of of, of yes. up and coming artists there's like there's there's probably a thousand rap songs recorded today mm-hmm. you know and and uploaded to whatever platforms you know so you can't you can't slip and expect to to get to your goals and your dreams if you're you know right. wasting time or or, or right. even if you think that you're already made it a star and shit like that because you know there's a lot of people that that think that the next step is is already the the final fucking goal. Right but you know this i i think that in this time bro is is, right. is a lot of people are are, are wasting their talents in saber yeah.
0: now the second part of my question is when it comes to spanish mm-hmm. rap uh maybe some artists maybe they're not from here that's fine but who would you say this guy right here you know inspired me you know when it came when, to all when i heard
1: rap. the mexicans album um I, I never, you know, I was writing poetry and, and songs, and I was putting them to songs. But when I heard the fucking the Mexicans album, that I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, um, and I heard La Plaga El Pecador, you know, Soy El Pecador y voy a hacer un desmad. My fucking favorite song, bro. Yeah, bro, I was like, this is some whole next level shit, and this was speaking Spanish, like like I speak Spanish. You yeah. know how they taught me to speak Spanish. Yeah. And you know, in those days, people didn't really like the Spanish shit right and, you know i grew up as first language you know i'm an esl so esl e- english second language yeah. so you know i when i heard spanish and it flowed in my brain like that i was like man i need to do this shit. and after that i was like man I'm, i started writing spanish shit and i remember i don't remember how it went but i mean i i, I know for a fact that my first spanish song i fucking killed it and i showed it to all my homies and i know mames because you know i chill with the cholos calabon espanol yeah you know and fucking they were waiting for some shit like that and then i was like man, i'm just gonna focus on this shit started yeah. doing a lot more hey. spanish but thanks to you know pecador and, and a lot of the camp that he had too
0: you know it's funny man because uh, i had him come here we were supposed to do a song together and it never it just never happened but uh when i first heard him rap especially in spanish I, I was so amazed because I heard him say words in Spanish that I didn't even think were translatable right you right, know? right right I, I thought that guy was his fucking vocabulary yeah, was dude' was just different dude now i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase a comment that i that i heard or that i read on when i posted your picture on the story of on youtube somebody said he's the only guy t- you duende that will give el pecador simple a run for his money and i'm gonna say this I have to agree with that now I'm saying that you're not saying that, okay? Right. I'm saying that I have to agree with them, you know. And uh, That's I what's I, up, man. I tripped out. I was like, "What the fuck?"
1: That's what's
0: it? up. I said, "That's true, man."
1: But and it's like to me, it's it's even an honor for for people to recognize me and put me in the same category. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with a lot of these rappers that that right now that I could call on the phone and be like, "What's up, Perro smoke a Blunt?" You know? I grew up listening to them, and just for me to be. And the conversation with them you know and and the five top five or top ten or whatever the fuck you want to call it is like right. it's it's an honor it's a privilege i'm, I'm you know i'm humbled by that shit. That i don't mean. feel like i'm better than nobody i just feel like people that like my shit just like different topics or different you know i speak of different shit. i don't always just speak of the gangster shit. I, I i speak of real life and i speak of of the issues that people go through every day and that people don't talk about you know yeah. what i mean because it doesn't bring likes to your page or it doesn't bring, you know, followers, you know, but it's just shit that that I've been known for, and that's something that I stick by.
0: You know, some wise words that I want to pass along to a lot of these internet rappers. Don't think that followers and likes is success. Right. Okay? Because people can buy followers, okay? Please do not get that twisted. Do not think, do not be fooled by this industry that followers and likes are success popularity is not success now it, it it'll help you boost you you know push you forward it'll mm-hmm. get your name out there but don't think because i have 15k followers i've arrived you know right. and you're still living at home with mom right 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 you know you know you got to get out there and you got to hustle and do your music release yeah. good shit you know so that people uh well you actually build a name uh, for yourself with some good shit because let me tell you something again. What that's what, and I needed to bring that out. Every comment that I read was all positive. Everything, and I'm thinking to myself, fuck, this is my 33rd interview, and he's the only guy that didn't get. That's me. what's up, man. And I was like, yeah. okay, I, I I had to mention that, you know. So now, uh, if you can, because I know you say you went to Mexico, you met a lot of rappers out there, or you know a lot of rappers. Can you drop some of those people that are really big in Mexico that right. maybe are not never heard here?
1: Um, i've been going to mexico for a minute and i've watched these dudes grow especially my boy tren tren locote okay um if people follow me they say i just dropped a video and way long overdue i've known him for years you know and um he's fucking taking off out there he has a, a, a unique style and he's one of the ones that still maintains realness you know what i mean it's, okay. it's real. like he's from uh-huh. you know he raps about what he lives Okay. Which a lot of rappers nowadays. Rap he was about. one of the guys
0: that people wanted me to ask you about. Okay, you know, so he's yeah, one of them. M-
1: that's my boy right there. Okay, so he's one of them. Another, another uh, group that unos youngsters que están allá que se llaman la Santa Grifa. These little dudes, también, bro. They're 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 doing their thing, you know. And, right. and they, I was telling uh, uh my boy also, these these dudes remind me of me when I was that age because. You know, you're they're hungry and and they have that 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 strive like you know you chill with them. Um, he rented a you know for all the rappers he he took us all to this place over there in uh, uh Chapala. Um, None but the rappers, you know, Santa Grifa, Tren uh Simple, uh, and we all just vibed out, bro. We away from the city by a lake, and we just wrote music. We just you know smoked a lot of weed and and fucking put beats on. And these little youngsters, uh, uh, Santa Grifa, is like their energy. When it comes to making music, it's it's what the fuck I want to see. You know what I right. mean? It's 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 making music from inside of you and not giving a fuck what people think. You right. know, nowadays a lot of people make music according to what the next person is gonna like. You right. know, right. instead of make shit for yourself, was gonna make you feel good. Because at the end of the day, it's it's about you. You can make music for other people all you like. It my music is my little. Happy zone, bro. This is how I get away from shit. So, if I'm not going to be into it or passionate about what I'm speaking about, de que me sirve la music, you know what I mean? Right. Might as well just be a comedian or a, somebody that's on, 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 on Instagram, you know, just... I don't know. People can do all kinds of shit on Instagram. But if you're going to do music, you got to have passion for that shit.
0: Yeah, you know what? And and look, uh, next month, I'm going to be 52 years old, Okay. 52 52 years old bro bro. and believe believe me I'm loving life but I'll tell you one thing that I'm not loving I I don't want to sound like a hater because right away this younger generation always take away you know but my thing is I I just do not like this generation right now of rap I just I'm having a really hard time Mm -hmm. with it sometimes people say you're hating I would look I like hip hop I like rap I just don't like this yeah you know uh you know so I, I have a really really hard time with this so when i hear something unique something different and even your voice okay because i've heard guys that rap and then when they talk to me they don't sound like the same it's almost like they they make up a voice this guy's their voice yeah and you sound exactly <laughs> like, like <the> way <laughs> you like that's what rap. i hear a lot yeah you know and i love a person not only with a unique voice but a unique style and like what you said you do shit for you because you know people are either gonna love it or hate it right. and so far the response has been great because you've been doing shit for you and it's working right, right and it's working i don't think that you have gotten the credit or the respect that you deserve and i don't think you you're at where you need to be i appreciate that you know but what we're going to do, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and touch on that and continue right. to go forward on what can people expect from you now? Where can people uh, get your music? Where can people see your videos? You know, all the stuff right. that we're going to be talking about in the Sounds future. Good. So once again, everybody, Rod- Rodion Radio episode 33 with Duende all the way from the city of Vegas. Get your mixtapes. I'm running out. Once again, the Rodion Mixtape Docu Mixery. Uh, um, leave us a 20 to 30 second video that you could do on your phone. Email it to us at rhodiumradio at gmail.com and tell us what you think about the documentary. And we will play it after we edit it. We will play it during the breaks. And, you know, you guys want to see each other? You guys can see each other on there. So, uh, um, but I really want to hear the feedback. It was my first three-hour documentary that I have directed. Filmed by John motherfucking Elkins and also filmed by DG, D to the motherfucking G. So give us your feedback, 20 to 30 seconds. Please do not leave us a long ass novella of what you thought about this. 20 to 30 seconds. Greatly appreciate it. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Go get a beer and for the other guys, go get a White Claw and we'll be back in 10 minutes. Yo, welcome back everybody to Rodian Radio episode 33. And uh, just a quick uh, announcement once again if you watch the rhodium mixtape documentary please leave us a 20 to 30 second video of you pretty much telling us what you thought about it you know, give us a little bit of feedback uh email it to us at rhodiumradio@gmail.com at and uh we will edit it and then post it up if not next week the following week uh because because we want to play some of uh, the people that have actually watched it already if you haven't watched it Make sure you go to documentary.com and for unlimited streaming, you can purchase it. And then you can leave us your little video, uh, 20 to 30 seconds, please, no more than that, okay? Uh, I'm running out of the CDs, so make sure you guys pick them up, 25 bucks for all four of them. They're a value of 10 bucks a piece, but I wanna get rid of them and I'm running out. So uh, without further ado, uh, once again, Duende all the way from Las Vegas. Thank you for being here. I had to give myself a drink, bro, because I gotta take the edge off, you know right. what I'm
1: saying?
0: <laughs> but uh, anyways, before uh, we went to break, we were talking about all these groups that are that are in Mexico. Uh, do you think that uh, other than Mexico, that they'll be able to tour or come out possibly even here to the stage and perform
1: i i'm expecting that hopefully soon okay um just just because i'm i'm a big fan of both right english and spanish rap but i don't think that people in the united states like we talked about earlier they don't they don't know about the the talent that's down there so i can't wait for that shit to break through like like yeah. to actually come here and, and people because there's a lot of raza here Especially that don't speak English. A lot of us also sp- only speak Spanish. Right. So um just, just the movement out here is gonna be just something to to see, you know what okay. I mean?
0: Okay. So now what what is Duende working on today? Man, I'm
1: just working, bro. Okay. Um I I, I dropped his last album, "Sangre de Raiz, because era ya comprometido, you know. I I, I was already like five years or somewhere around there waiting to drop that album you know due to what we spoke about earlier right. But i'm not gonna want to drop albums for a minute i just want to drop projects and records you okay. know what i mean um okay. and then maybe down the line we'll see about albums. but there's a lot of there i'm working with a lot of people both in the united states and both in mexico so um a lot of the the the, the big artists in both places that that people have been asking for features Right. I can safely say that they're about to get them. I'm not going to mention any names yet, you know. But um, I also got a, a, a song called uh, Tres Caras with my boy Shadow and Payaso 915. My, my carnal, también, he's from El Paso. Yeah. Um,
0: and now, now this is not out yet, right?
1: It's not out. okay no, it's barely in the works. It's, it's been recorded. Um, we're about to do the whole mixing, mastering. And okay, now, now hold that,
0: hold that. You said you just had an album out that you released how long ago? Sangre Raiz was released November 8th. Okay, of uh, two thousand nineteen. Two
1: thousand nineteen. Yeah. Okay,
0: and is that available right now on our platforms uh, It's available on our platforms. Yeah. Okay, is any any hard copies for those people that still like to collect CDs? I I got
1: hard copies because I'm one of those that like to collect CDs too. Okay. So um, I don't distribute my hard copies to any distribution company. It's, it's just me. If you follow me, you can you know order S- them from, same thing. from me. Same thing. So you know.
0: Yeah. Okay, and and uh now let me ask you, how many songs are on that album? I think it's 16. 16 15 or 16. oh uh, once again any features
1: um i have Neto reino on that mm-hmm. i have a uh, uh, shadow on that okay um i have uh rick the ruger uh from vegas uh from he's, he's from a group used used to be called triple x Sense in vegas so that's how people would recognize that group don't know who rick the ruger is and uh like mafia okay. from mexico um, Brown Shady from he's from San Luis de Colorado. Um, I don't Colorado. If you remember Brown Shady from Wicked Minds, uh-huh. El Marro Right. So I got him on the album, but he's deported in Mexico right now, so he can't come over here. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's all I can remember. Okay. I, it's probably features in there, but okay.
0: You know. And um, did did you do any shows for, for for this album, or are you still doing shows at all?
1: Mm, I mean, I, I did shows last year, some of them to promote the album. Yeah. But and this year I'm not probably won't be doing any shows okay this year okay um just just videos and more songs and you okay. know, people want to hear more music which i've been lagging it on so that's that's where i'm coming back is with the music and the videos and then later on we'll talk about shows and anything
0: else okay well uh, who did the production on this last album that dropped in 2019
1: um i have some production from edw beats i have some production from uh jerry fourth okay. um which is another big producer in vegas um i get a lot of my production from him too so those are the two producers that i can say are mostly on that album
0: okay and um uh, so because i know today is kind of i don't want to use the word outdated but a lot of people don't like to drop full albums they like to drop either eps songs videos just to kind of keep it going right. and keep you know
1: i i'm the kind of guy who i love albums because i love to put together a, a album to me is is a project it's a story you know what i mean so when i put together an album i'm not just grabbing songs that i recorded and putting them on a list I'm, uh-huh. I'm i'm recording songs for the album to tell you my story of what i'm going through at the time or what i went through when i was recording that album but nowadays the, the attention span for people is like they don't they, they're not ready to hear a whole album at once right you know so what what a lot of people are doing, their formula is dropping a song, dropping another song a
0: couple of weeks later, and it keeps people paying attention. Right. You know, well, you know l- l- let me encourage younger rappers out there that I know visuals are important. Mm-hmm. V- visuals. One thing that I've learned, that 90% of the learning comes through the eyes. People love to see it. They see it, they'll remember it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we live in a generation of information now that if I want to see... The the rapper, I go to Google and type that in, and here comes a picture of you. Here comes a video of you, or or whether whether there's a Wikipedia of you or whatnot. They can see you now. They go see you perform now. You're you're larger than life because I seen you in a video, man. You know, and I used to go to sleep listening to you, or I had your first album. And we live now in that that era now where where we can promote our own shit, sell our own Mm -hmm. shit, you know, or promote our own shit. Like I always say. I believe in promoting yourself until it pays off. But here's my message to a lot of these younger rappers today. If you're going to do it, do it right. Don't don't just release bullshit songs. Yes. Don't release bullshit videos. Just because your homeboy, you know, has a cell phone on a stabilizer, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you want to rap holding a red cup. Yeah. You know, speaking of red cups, where do they go? <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, right right here, here, here's the red cup. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just encourage people to put out good stuff, man but, but it, everything believe me I did my homework on you because everything that I clicked on from you whether I liked the beat or not I liked you you know what I'm saying and I know uh, um at least from what I heard especially on YouTube you didn't release any bullshit and I read comments you know and everything was positive I didn't read one dude saying you know' met you know because a la verga stay whatever right. you know um Everything was positive, and I was like, "Man, I can't wait." To me, it uh, encouraged me, or it. uh, Como se dice? It kept me enthused to uh, to sit down with you and chop it up with you. You know, because there's some guys that come here, and every other word is, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're (laughs) saying, dude. You know, but all all I'm saying is for this younger generation, just release good product, release good visuals,
1: and and it goes back to making. Um, do what makes you happy right, but also know because you have to know when you drop some shit, and it doesn't sound good Yeah, it might make you happy, but do you, do you really expect people to get behind that shit? You know you got to give people a product that not just because they're your homie They're gonna support you you got to give them something they want to support yes. you know So if you're not ready keep doing it keep practicing don't don't expect to fucking become a rap star with the first or second Song you wrote or like you said you got a cell phone, and you know you could record a video or or you got somebody with a good camera and they record a video of a fucking song you wrote in 15 minutes and doesn't say shit you know and then you don't understand why there's there's nobody following you or you know right even i feel like i say shit in my songs and it's even hard for me to get people to listen to it you know what i mean so so you need to do something that not only you are gonna uh uh sit here and say that it sounds good but people that don't know you
0: put yourself in their shoes right absolutely you know I did this documentary, it took me one year to film and one year to edit. It's a three hour documentary. Right. I had to make sure, like I always tell my boy John, I had to make sure that it was going to be a, a hit, not a miss. Right. If not, I wasted two the, two years of yep. my fucking life creating something that was bullshit. Yeah. And we sold a shit load of streams, okay? And not one person ever came back and told me it was garbage. Right not one the only concern that i had that i thought it would be too long i usually call i usually call this the prequel to straight out of compton because this is pretty much where dr dre ice cube easy pretty much got known got their start
1: well like the documentary if if you notice it's it's from a different time bro yes it's 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 not even i don't care what you listen to today and what you know i like like you i'm not really right. too into the, the, the hip-hop today but no matter what you listen to you got to recognize where all this shit came from and and what started this shit. right and right. when you look at that documentary you get you get the idea not not somewhat of an idea you get the idea of where it came from yes. and what it took to get this shit started absolutely you know and that's why people people who who you know i wasn't in your time i was in the cd times you know but right. it was a different struggle for me From your generation and from this generation it's a different struggle from my generation yes you know what i mean so first and foremost we gotta fucking appreciate yes if we do got talent appreciate that shit and don't let it go to waste don't waste your fucking time fucking googling shit and 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 liking people's pictures be the entertainer not the person being entertained if you have the talent if you don't have the talent i mean get a job if you get a job you know sell some walmart weed is or, hiring or,
0: you know starbucks is hiring you know, cali
1: right? got the best weed so you can easily go buy a zip and flip it you know what i mean don't you don't have to rap <laughs> you're probably a better weed seller than you are a rapper we so need more I thinkers than that.
0: rappers you know and i'm not trying to knock anybody from their dream <laughs> but please have some talent to back up that dream yeah okay uh now how many solo albums do you have total would you say total? not compilation four no, oh five! I just dropped the sangre de raíz, so that's okay, five. So, solo five. so now, here's my question to you: Which one out of those five would you say that's my shit right there?
1: Um, I would have to say mis Um and, and why? Because what I was going through at the time, um, I was a different person. Like i I was going through a stage of. Of finding what I wanted to do. I didn't know I was going to be a rapper yet. That album didn't come. I wrote that that one and Revelation, most of it, I wrote it in prison. So I wrote it without a beat, without anything, just my pen hitting the wall. I didn't know I was going to do anything with that. I wrote it because I didn't have really nobody to talk to or nobody to express what I was going through. And when that album came out, you know, a lot of people felt the same way that I was going through. Because I put shit on paper and that was it. Um. So when it came out basically people felt like I did and and now that I look at it it was like yo like that what I was going through at that time made me who the fuck I am today so when I listen to a lot of those vocals and a lot of the shit that I said when you're a rapper only you know why you wrote what you wrote it sounds cool to everybody right. and it might touch you but only you know why you wrote that line and there's lines that I hear on there bro that that either choke me up or get me hype or 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 just take me back to 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 a place where where you know hum- that humbleness. Is, yeah, so that's yeah. that's why it's my favorite album because it's a lot of emotion in that album.
0: Okay, now let's narrow it down. Off that album, which is your favorite song if you have
1: one? Um, is this song called Mundo por mis ojos. And why? Because um like I said I wrote that in prison and it was like uh i wasn't even gonna release that song because i felt it was too personal you know i didn't want people to know that i felt that way you know of of certain shit. and when the producer heard it he's like nah this is one of the songs that's gonna hit and i was like let's do it you know but it was for me it was personal it was what i was going through at the time and it was my emotions my feelings so i didn't really feel the need to share it because at the end of the day i didn't start rap to get famous you know i didn't not to become a rap star i just did it because it was all i had So that song was all I had at the time. I didn't want to put it out there. That's awesome,
0: bro. That's awesome that you said it that way. Uh, That's all I had. So you put it out there. Yeah. Uh, So now from a fan's perspective, uh, what album do you usually hear? Or let's stick with albums. Say that you get DMs or I don't know if you have Facebook. uh, You get uh, Facebook inboxes or comments on YouTube what are some of the fans favorite album of yours what, what, what is it that you get a lot
1: i think it's that one too that one too. i, I get a lot of feedback on that album okay.
0: too. okay now there's a specific song that they mention a lot
1: um well a lot one? of them there's two songs and one of them is that one and another one is pocos pero locos okay which is a uh, more of a more of a gangster uptune song you know more more hood
0: okay okay now say i'm a promoter and i book you for a show how long are usually your shows
1: like an hour. They, I always tell the promoter, it'll last anywhere from 40 minutes. But you can never predict, you know, depending on where you're at as well, how many followers you got there. Because I could do a 30-minute show set and do, like, four songs that I didn't do and have the whole crowd asking for the song. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's do that song.
0: Okay. So now say I tell you, I'm going to give you, I don't know, 5 Gs for 30 minutes. Okay. Uh what songs, first of all, how many songs would you, would you be able to squeeze in in 30 minutes?
1: I do, um, yeah. I break my show set down. I don't do the whole song. Okay. I'll do like one verse and a hook. That's good. And then I'll, I'll do a little mix, a scratch or whatever in the middle, and then I'll bring in another song. So I could squeeze in a lot of songs in a 30-minute okay. set, you know, depending. It's also depending on how I feel the crowd. I always take two show sets.
0: That's that's very smart. Always, and if
1: there is like the crowd, you can't always, you can't ever promise a good crowd. Yeah, you know. So I always peep the crowd out right before I got on, go out on stage. If it's a good crowd, I'll do the the hype one. You know, the one that I'm gonna hype the whole crowd. If the crowd to me that like a little less people than expected and not too hyped up, then I'll I'll put the first one and try to hype them from there. But you know what I mean?
0: No, that's smart because uh, when me and High C used to go on, you know, on the road, I used to look behind the fucking curtain. I've ever look right. at the crowd or whatever. I think we should start with this intro we had different intro music for different and we yeah. had two different shows yeah you know sometimes if the, the crowd was just fucking there we're like you know we'll just do this many minutes and yeah that's it yeah uh, i get it well the most we would do would be uh uh verse chorus verse chorus yas, yeah. you know what i'm saying sometimes the music in between the hype of the crowd and i'll do my little dj on set. one song verse chorus verse yes chorus. on one song now, if it's uh, our first intro song, we'll just do a verse and a chorus, mm-hmm. and then you know that's it. And then cut you it. know, yeah. and then sometimes we'll do a little bonus. Well, I'm gonna say to see uh, Okay, he's rapping a song like uh, so. We had a song called Froggy Style. Okay, and I would cut the music, and he would stop and rap it a cappella, and then I would scratch an instrumental. Okay boom, okay, boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom. You know, yeah. and then the crowd, because it, it's not a part of the album, but it's something new. You know it kind of gets them hyped up a little. yeah i would choreograph all my shows bro you know i mean that's what a dj does so now what is the song I- i'm curious to know that you would say this is going to be my last song when you perform like do you have that one last song
1: um again it depends on the crowd okay um because i can go to a show and depending you know most of the time i'm headlining in mexico but then sometimes you have other openers so it depends who's there like if you have a person who has like r&b crowd you know then then it's a different crowd there as opposed to a lot of just strict gangsters go to my shit, you right. know like so it's a different it's a difference for me outro in a, a, a crowd full of gangsters and hyped up you know mm-hmm. borrachos and marihuanos and malandros as opposed to hyping up a crowd full of couples and 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 you know uh, right right i'm glad
0: yeah i'm glad you're sharing that because this also gives youngsters an idea mm-hmm. instead of just taking one set of yeah. a show and she just fucking falls flat yeah. on your page you got to be able to read the crowd you, and, and you got to look good up there yeah. you know what i mean if, if at the end of the day
1: you can't always get promised a good crowd. No matter how good your performance is, and no matter how how much of a name you you get, you can't always get promised a good crowd. Right. So you have to know what to work with what you got. Right. You know, so that your performance could still look good, and as an artist, you still look in control. You
0: know. Had a question that a fan asked. Okay, uh, this is coming from a fan, and believe me, you guys, I try to uh, read all of your comments, but. When you get over two three, four hundred comments, it's overwhelming, especially when we have other social medias to run. I cannot possibly answer every comment. So all your YouTube comments, I do not answer. I, I will not. As a matter of fact, I don't even read them. Only the ones on my story on YouTube. Those are the ones I read and I try to uh, uh, answer because it's only maybe 50, 60, 80, the most 100. But uh, the, when the video is up and you guys got 500 comments, I'm not going to sit there and answer everybody. So, but I try to ask the guests the question that you guys want. For an example, somebody asked me, ask him what happened between uh, him and Diablo. <laughs>
1: um, well, me me and Diablo, we were introduced by the label I was telling you about. Okay. Um, he got involved with them with business, you know, um, as far as my album goes, when I signed in gave that company my album they did a deal with Diablo you know and um at the time I don't know if Diablo didn't he didn't he wasn't he didn't want me in his label or he didn't want me rapping with him or against him or or something but it was kind of an issue for us to get that um, um album flowing because he had exclusive rights from the label that I was signed to for distribution he was the main distributor of that album oh okay you know what i'm saying so i don't know what happened between him and the label they ended up fucking each other over and i don't know if he figured i had something to do with it but he had a lot of fucked up shit to say about me and then he tried to make so pagar. like my album back in the days if you had power like if you knew people and and your your music was distributed and you were a main distributor of chicano rap you had the ability to stop people from flowing into the market So he tried to do that to me. Um, They pressed a couple thousand albums of mine and um, he was telling everybody they weren't selling. You know, he wasn't getting rid of them. And the label that I was with, I guess, they went and did another deal with someone else because he wasn't selling the albums. And um, they ended up getting through a distribution company selling all the albums through Televisa. And Diablo ended up getting on the losing end Okay. you know what i mean so i don't know if he took that person against me and nothing to do with me because i'm i got fucked over on the album too you know right. but you know we had some things to say on the on the on records on songs okay. you know nothing really too too aggressive or too serious but it was just the acknowledgement of 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 you know we didn't like each other
0: okay and yeah. after you got technologies that each other did any of you guys ever run into each other
1: no, to this no. day we haven't, but we have talked on the phone. Um, you know, I'm we're grown men. That shit happened when I first got out. I was still hot headed. I could you know, I could say that. Right. So um he hit me up because some other breakthroughs went through with that with the label. Okay. And uh he was trying to see if there was a way to get his investment back. You know. Um and he also wanted to work together. He's like, you know, you know, really beef and whatever. I'm like, I I don't really have beef with you, dog, but in order to work together, like, we've already been through what we've been through. Right. You know, and, and, and I'm not trying to get political on you, but in the hood, if you got problems with your homie and you want to be cool again, then you got to throw down. You know, and like I told him, I am I know you're not going to throw down. I know we're not going to throw down like some kids, but I can't just sit there and I do a song with you, you know, and, and act like it's all good. I like, I'll tell you what, let's do a battle. Let's, let's do a battle. Let's do a song and let's do one show of us battling each other. You know it'll be good for us and it'll be good for hip-hop and after that i'll work with you no matter what you know what i'm saying whatever you want to do but that that's the way we break the ice right because i can't just jump into it and be like oh we we talked all this shit about each other let's do a song and that's just not me so the only way to break that ice is 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 handle it through hip-hop if we're not going to throw down over it then let's handle it through hip-hop let's throw down that way but i hit him up about it i don't know if he's with it you know that's Mm -hmm. that's been my proposal and, you know, no bad blood, of course. Like I said, I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. But um, something like that, just it, it just feels right to me, you know? Okay. And I'm not cagapalo or nothing like that. It's just, you know, it, it just seems like the right thing to do, you know, for, for us and for hip-hop. Because, you know, everybody knows we had our little run-ins. And, right. and nothing serious, like I said, but, you know, it's it's a good way to, to, to squash the beef, well, I think.
0: Why would he think that you had something to do with 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 the label. Like Because in those days, bro, everything
1: was breaking broken down into camps. You know? If you fuck with this circle, then I fuck with this circle, then then if I don't fuck with somebody in that circle, I don't fuck with you no more. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what it became. But I mean I like I said, I didn't know too much in the game and and then another thing is I reached out to him, bro, actually before I signed to that label. Okay. And um, you know, I left him a message I was like bro, you know just trying to, I'm an up and coming rapper, I'm trying to make it this and this and that. And then later on, he tried to use it against me, like, right. and all this shit, you know? Like, yeah, I remember, bro. I hella remember it. Yeah, I remember you I didn't help, help me. Yeah, and I remember you didn't help me. But like like I said before, look, look where it got me yeah. without your help. So, I mean, I said, it's not no bad blood against him bro. It's, it's, it's something that's just been um overdrawn too long. Right. And I feel like we should just battle to get it over with and and
0: start fucking working, you know what I mean hmm, okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot on about something. <laughs> say they release a poster tomorrow, Duende and Diablo, you know the go heads up as far as rap battle. who would you think the people would be saying este weba va ganar who who would you think people would be betting on?
1: I don't know dog, because. He has his fan base, you know, and I got mine, and, and and some of my fans are his fans, some of his fans are my fans, you know. But the que los dos agarramos respeto in the game—that's that's a fact. So I, I can't say that people will be more for me or be more for him. It would be something interesting to look at.
0: Fuck, well, that shit should be like pay per view on YouTube, <laughs> bro. I mean, you yeah, just there, right. gotta be seeing the bigger picture. Don't just do that shit for free, you know. Right. But uh, you know what? Let me say this um, first of all, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming out here because this platform was created for people like you to give not only myself an opportunity to interview people like you, but to shine light and to um give you guys a platform to let your voice be heard, of course. you know I, I try to look for interviews of you, and there's really none out there, you know at least none that where i can see you right you know talking maybe there's some on some spotify's or whatever but uh i I was looking for an in-depth interview on you and i couldn't find one is there any out there this is my first formal interview bro really yeah
1: i mean i've gotten interviewed by by um you know other labels that are doing their thing other other channels but you know never something formal it's always been something like underground and stuff like that so
0: awesome man so that's a rhodium radio exclusive the reason why we call this and if you don't know let me just share for the public that may not know as well rhodium came from a place uh a swamp meet, uh open air market a flea market mm-hmm. uh in the city of Gardena, where a japanese man just set up his stand sold records sold his cassettes in 1987 dr dre started doing mixtapes for him just regular mixtapes and rapping over them right Uh, uh, I'm sorry, 84. He stopped in 87. I took over at 87 to 91 doing the mixtapes. So I had a chance and opportunity to meet those guys, the whole NWA camp when they were first forming. I didn't know who they were going to be, you know, who they were going to become. When people usually ask me, how was it working with those guys on those mixtapes? I said, they were just regular dudes because they weren't the NWA that they are now back then. Yeah, they weren't there yet. So they were just normal guys. So I was very thankful for the opportunity that this man Steve, this Japanese man Steve Mm -hmm. gave me. And uh, actually he was a Japanese man from the city of Whittier. And uh, everybody in this industry, uh, he introduced me to. I mean, everyone, I met, hammer yest- yesterday because ham uh, this guy used to sell mc hammer stuff and this guy introduced me to a woman named violet brown who is mc hammer's good friend uh, so i went up to talk started talking to me how you doing you know Vi- we have a mutual friend violet brown oh yeah violet brown took a picture we got the chance to hang out got a chance to talk to him awesome I all that. because it all started with this guy right he passed away about uh five years now i did a documentary based if you will on his swampy stand and what his contribution to west coast hip-hop starting from the early 80s -hmm. okay um so now i did all that just for his name would not get lost in west coast hip-hop history he passed away so i'm in a sense carrying on his legacy uh because he would take so many independent artists uh, let's just say you came to me back then and you said, Hey, you know what, Steve, Steve, you can sell my records, I got 10 of them, okay, cool. I'll put them on consignment. And if they sell good, I'll call you back and we'll take right, some more. Right, right. He did that and then he will put them on mixtapes. And if that sold good, then I'll have you come back and rap on the instrumental. Okay. You know, That's what he did uh, to, to Young MC, to Tone Lope, to JJ right. Fad, all of these uh, uh, 80s groups. So, this platform is created to do that, to get people a voice that may be independent, right. who may want uh, their voice to be heard, or uh, told I need an interview because I got this album jumping off, or I got this video. That's what this is here
1: yeah. to do. And and I appreciate that. Like, I feel we need a lot more people like yourself, you know. Um, a lot of the times, people get lost in their success, and they forget what it's like. To be, you know, people like me, you know, or or, or people that are trying to be like me So for you to actually dedicate yourself to To building a platform for that It's, it's, it speaks volumes because, you know, you don't have to Right Fucking Tony A, bro, you don't, you don't have to do none of that shit But you're here and you're taking the time to To, to have the conversation with me so people could understand more or less where we all come from Because I know you don't just stick to one, you know one one uh, of one person's liking you right. have everybody here. Yes. and that's what matters um, We need more platforms for our people. Yes, you know, I'm not trying to say You know just stick to your race No, but I'm trying to say support your people yes. because there's not enough support for each other You know we, we support a lot of the rest of the world and we forget about ourselves Absolutely, and we're the ones that need most of the support from each other because don't nobody know what our people's going through but us I may be a rapper, but you know, I have problems just like everyone else. Like I have, I have family that goes through shit. I, I go through shit. You know, it's a struggle. Every day is a struggle. Being Rasa, and especially in this fucking country, is the biggest struggle. So we that's why we need platforms like this to to support each other. It's like fucking group support. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like counseling for each other Absolutely. because we don't got that. There's no platforms. You know, on on the main the the mainstreams that speak about us. Right. You know, we're like invisible right now. Yeah. And if we don't do this kind of shit and 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 ask each other you know what's up what can you bring what can i do then we're gonna stay stuck in the fucking place where we've been for decades and for decades Absolutely. that's that's why that's one of the reasons i i feel i needed to come back and do something because the message that rappers are sending nowadays is not the message that i grew up on you know what i mean i i remember i remember like the rappers used to speak about moving ahead and 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 breaking borders you know what i mean and and just trying your best no matter what the situation you have and now right. it's like it's, it's not about that it's just about doing drugs and and right. and spending money that nobody tells you where you get it from you know right. what i mean hard work is not valued no more it's it's just looking like you got shit makes it's, you
0: fucking popular you hit you hit the nail right on the head bro, right there honestly i couldn't have said it better i just wish that more people now that we have the technology to do wh- what we're doing I just wish more people would take on. Uh, um, I like to say we have a voice, and I really, really want to help my people, if you will, uh, put help put them in the spotlight, you know, in the limelight. So let other people know that we are here, you know, because here, like I give this example to Acwid when they were sitting right there where you're at. If you take every Mexican out of LA overnight, Los Angeles economy would collapse. We are a hip-hop's economy especially here okay right. all the shows all the concerts all the the tickets the the apparel the music is being bought by us
1: yeah and yet where are we why do you think we're trending bro why do you think other races use us as 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 a, as a gimmick you know and as a prop for their mm-hmm. videos to give views likes and and not only that but to be circled circulated right. around the world you know And incluso there's there's songs that i feel very fucking offensive that other people are doing about raza you know and 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 we're just sitting there eating it up you know we're we're not getting offended by that type of music i I ain't gonna lie i'm offended there's a couple songs on the radio right now that offend me like like personally you know coming from another person that doesn't understand our culture you know for them to to spit out words just because they're in spanish and and make it look like something funny it's, it's if i had to ask you to name one of those songs I don't even know the name of it. Okay. But I know they say uh, something get with zapatos, with the taco. I don't know. It's on the radio right now.
0: That uh, fucking. That 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 to me
1: is one of the most disrespectful songs out there, but it doesn't matter to nobody because it's about brown people. It's not about black people and it's not about white people. It's a black and white world. You know, and us, we're making it more of a black and white world because we're adapting to what they want us to. We're
0: worried about other people's problems. You know? Here's the guy pronounce it's a bullshit song to begin with and i'll go ahead and fucking say it um it's a bullshit song and you got our own people bumping that shit. this dude is not even pronouncing our words yeah. right they'll yeah. support that but when the mexican comes out and raps in spanish si, si, si. but when yeah. one of them does it that shit is dope
1: yeah yeah
0: uh, you know what let me tell you something if that guy's winning fine but i'm not supporting that bullshit, yeah and i'll name another fucking song uh esta pinche cancion de yg yg yeah that's another same same fucking bullshit bro same fucking bullshit you got people oh he loves our culture that's not love your
1: culture bro that's 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 using us as a gimmick to to make yourself look superior than our people you know what i mean and and it's but a lot of it is
0: our fault because we support that shit and and, and like like you said it's our fault look let me tell you something uh and i said it before on, on other shows i have white i have white filipino uh um vietnamese uh black in my family and mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. now if somebody takes offense because i just said that about a black man like yg you know what take offense to it if you want but I- i'm speaking my mind that you know what most people can speak nobody says nothing but when we do yeah
1: that's what i was just gonna say it's 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 a it's a double-edged sword because we can't get offended over shit like that but the moment we say something about what should offend us right then somebody else could get offended right you know like we are such a powerful people bro that our influence influences the fucking world and that's why the world functions how it does because well at least here in the united states a lot of it is influenced by us you go outside like where i'm from they took out a lot of the albersons and the food for lessons bro and they're all marianas they're fucking El Super. They're, they're like Kate, we're, no, we're no, taking no, no, over shit, yeah. no matter what people say and, and i'm not i don't mean that in a in a terrorist you know illegal is coming down here way but we're just reclaiming what was ours but at the end of the day we're forgetting about our culture right. you know what i mean because our culture is being left in the dark and we're adapting to other cultures don't forget this country doesn't want you to remember where you came from because the more you remember the more you're going to have those values and want to fight for your shit. right you know that's why uh, the value of of an iphone and and you being on your iphone nowadays is more valuable than you being next to your family you know what right. i'm saying because they're trying to take that from you so you don't have nothing to fight for
0: you know i'm going to put myself on the spot right here and it's going to be controversial what i'm about to say but honestly i don't care i'm going to go ahead and say it and um uh, this guy in this video wore a mariachi suit, mm-hmm. okay, and had mariachis on there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he was at a wedding or a fucking quinceanera on there. Cool, whatever. That, that's with what he does with shit. Yeah, cool, whatever. I took that as as an, uh, an offense, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some of our people say, "Oh no, he loves our culture." Cool, whatever. I don't have to get personally against him, but I want to support that fucking song, right? Okay. Here's my thing, and I asked, I asked this one Chicana, who told me that. He loves our culture, that's why he did it for us, okay? Right. So I said, okay, if I wanted to do a song, if I was a rapper and I wanted to do a song to appeal to black people, how can I do it? And here's what she said, she paused and she said, you can't because they'll take that offensive, it'll be racist to them. Yeah. I said, now you see what I'm talking about?
1: But it's not enough of us feeling that way, like how you and me feel, it's yeah. not enough of us feeling that way to, to start a movement as to, hey, respect us as a culture, as a people, you know, because we're the only ones who can keep our culture alive there there's no other race that's gonna support and be like oh this is where the mexicans came from and this is their struggle and little by little we're forgetting that shit. you know i'm a first generation mexicano you know which means i was born here by the grace of god when all the rest of my family was illegal you know older than me so i know what it's like to grow up seeing my pops being you know uh them being racist against my pops and you being so little you can't do shit. Yeah. You know like like calling your dad a beaner or a wetback and you're you're like fucking 6 7 years old and you grew up with that like this is this is how it is for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then as you get older you see that you can fight back but you don't. And it's like it's it's, it's frustrating because you know that as a people we have power in numbers but if you don't put your heart into what we're fighting for then you know you might as well just have a bunch of fucking zombies and likes on instagram because that's really what it is that's really what it is you'll pass up some shit like here's what gets me man and 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 i know some people are gonna get offended probably but i'm gonna say it (laughs) anyway right (laughs) like kobe passed right yeah i get that bro it's a sad story bro it's a fucking sad story him and his daughter passed I didn't. Really, it didn't really hit me until they said his daughter passed. That's when I was because I have a daughter, so right. that hits me.
0: Of course, and I, I feel the same way. I, I, um, it hit me as well. And
1: and I could understand for you to be upset, you know. But at the end of the day, man, there's so many people that go through tragedy, bro. So many people that go through tragedy. And, and although the legacy of Kobe is is very respectful, very respectable, Absolutely. and you know, but what about our people that die in the river? You know, I see tattoos of Kobe Bryant, you know, a Raza, that's cool. Um, I know you've heard about this. There was a little girl and a father who died, drowned in the river. Yes. And there was pictures of her. She was hugging her dad and her dad was hugging her. Why don't we get tattoos like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit that, that, that means a struggle for our people. Because those, those, that father, that daughter, he came here de pobreza. You know, he was running from shit. And his dream and his daughter's dream... Mostly his was to see his daughter in a, in a school here in the United States, and they died for that shit. They died before they could even see what United States looked like. Right. You know what I mean? So let's be sad for them, too. Yeah, it's fucked up what happened to Kobe. You Absolutely. know, multi million yeah. dollar player. His life was set, his family set. This guy, his family's not going to be set. He came over here maybe to send his family more money, more, right. you know, make their situation better. All that is gone, it's gone there's no tattoos of him there's no murals of him and his daughter there's none of that shit and it's from our own people our own people you know what i'm saying so i'm not saying you know don't don't of course support other other people but remember your struggle
0: yeah
1: you know because if you don't remember your struggle nobody's gonna remember those kids and those people that are struggling in the situation you or your mom or even your grandparents used to be in you know right. keep the culture
0: alive support right. your culture because Absolutely. there's there's support for everyone else right
1: every other culture here has support we're the only ones that are lacking and action. i agree
0: with you 100 and saying that and i know i'm saying this for you as well uh much love and much respect to the copie bryant family of course. as well yes we're, we're not nowhere trying to disrespect that but we're making uh, a point here yeah we're just making a point that's all we just wanted to say but it comes from our own people, you know. And I just yeah. hope that they would wake up and that we would support each other. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because Most important. my thing is that why not you? Why can't you be the guy up there with Snoop Dogg? You know, we've never made it that far. Yeah, you know. But you know what? We shall see. Uh, my last question for you is this, and I should have asked it in the very beginning, but the um, Wendy, where did the come from? <laughs>
1: um. Back when I was like 13, I got jumped into my neighborhood, and I was like, "fucking short." I was like a little ass kid. Why not so. Chaparro? I don't elf, know, bro. I don't know. You know. I have no idea. There it was already Chaparros and shorties and Chapos and shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Se me quedó, and you know, been my, Everybody knows me by that, so I'm not That's gonna a don't put mingo.
0: it. That's a dope name. It sounds, it sounds more of a rap name than a hood name. Yeah, for real. Hell yeah. I mean, I yeah. had a homeboy from the People neighborhood.
1: Used to tell me, hey, switch that shit, bro. She so born like a rapper and I was like, what?
0: Like MC Duende or, you know? No, no. <laughs> Duende is dope. We had a guy from the neighborhood that se llamaba Menudo. Menudo. So, yeah. Every so. time we saw his ass, he looked like he just fucking finished <laughs> eating a bowl of Menudo. I'm like pinche gordo mamon. But <laughs> anyways, all right, brother. Listen, man. Any, any shout outs? Anything uh, you want to say? I think we've been posting up your Instagram, but uh. If people want to want some hard yeah. copies, where can they reach you? You what can you
1: reach think? me at uh, Instagram, Duende Manicomio, um, Facebook, fucking. Uh, I barely started fucking with my social media. You know, I'm old school, so it's a new thing for me, but y'all yeah, be patient and, you know, I'll, I'll get on there. Hard copies, you can order them there. You can follow me on Pandora, Spotify, YouTube. All of it is Duende Manicomio. So plenty of
0: fish, pu- uh, Corn <laughs> hub.
1: hub, fucking Brazzers, all that shit, you know? That'll work, that'll work.
0: <laughs> all right brother well listen man i want to be, uh tell you thank you once again for coming down uh thank your crew for coming down uh um i loved it and as soon as you drop something man come on back i would love to have yeah, you yeah
1: definitely thank you for having uh, me bro but
0: thank you for giving me this exclusive bro especially since you're saying you really don't do these
1: first formal interview tony thank you, a man. the wizard hell yeah What's my up, brother bro.
0: hell yeah all right everybody once again uh, uh i'm gonna repeat this again 20 to 30 seconds um uh if you will video of, you can do it on your phone email it to us at rhodiumradio at gmail.com uh just give us your feedback of what you thought about the documentary if you saw it if you haven't seen it go ahead and watch it unstr- unlimited streaming at documixery.com and uh 20 to 30 seconds I cannot st- stress that enough we're going to play it um uh, you know during our interviews during our breaks once again, uh 86 in the mix, 88 Bowman Base, 24-7, in high C. Get them the, the hard copies. I'm running now, first come, first serve. And uh we're on all uh media um, all platforms, whether it be anchors, spotify, etc. Um, other than that, let me go ahead and give my shout-outs to John Motherfucking Alkins who makes all this possible, to my boy DG, um, and every uh, my son uh B Scanless and everybody who partook in the making of this documentary. My first documentary that i directed filmed by john Motherfucking elkins other than that tomorrow morning i drop who will be here wednesday you are not going to want to miss wednesday i got a very very special guest somebody that you guys probably never would have thought of but he will be here live wednesday giving me an exclusive interview and i'm really really thankful believe me i got some dope ass interviews coming okay i know a lot of you guys oh get this guy get this guy Hold the fuck up. They're coming. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, other than that, uh, you guys have a blessed night.
1: Yeah, I want to, uh, let me just give a shout out to my little girls that are listening to right now. Yeah, Valeria, yeah, do that. Kimberly, I love you mamas. My wife at home and everybody who's supporting in Vegas, El Paso, here in Cali and everybody who follows me, man, I love you guys. Thank you.
0: And all you guys drinking White Claw, I love you guys too. All right. <laughs> so other than that, um, <laughs> have a blessed night. We'll talk soon. See you Wednesday. Mama knows I'm going to go have a couple of drinks.